Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 26th of September, 2022. Thank you all for watching the show today. And wow, we have a crazy weekend in the Big 12 Conference to get to. Kansas State and Texas Tech pull big upsets. Kansas gets the win over Duke, gets to 4-0. Please, love of God, finally rank this team. Baylor with a big win over Iowa State. Also, we have TCU winning that iron skillet back under Sonny Dykes in his first year. So a whole big old weekend of football to get to. It's coming up next in the show. You are locked on big 12, your daily podcast on the big 12 conference, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Once again, Josh neighbors here, locked on big 12 podcast. Today's show brought to you by LinkedIn, best place to find qualified candidates, the jobs that you need to fill uh, I was gone this week and I was out of town. Actually, I was at Mizzou and Auburn. So I know I went to the, told y'all I went to the Tech, uh, the West Virginia, te- uh, Virginia Tech game that happened on Thursday night. A lot of fun. Then went down to the Plains to see Auburn play my Missouri Tigers. So did a lot of catching up, did a lot of travel, but a lot of catching up on the Big 12 games yesterday on the plane. we watching for the podcast here. Uh, obviously was following, watching some on Saturday as well, but what a weekend that we had in the Big 12 conference. I mean, all day long there was Big 12 action, and all day long we were pretty busy with some incredible storylines that happened. And I think that's where we have to start. Like this, this conference, we thought it would be a, a I thought we thought there'd be a league where it would be really competitive and fun. And we're not sure there's a top team. Um, I thought after last week, I mentioned this, like I actually had it, somebody point this out to me. I had one of our YouTube clipping things, uh, the picture we put up that said Oklahoma, the favorite question mark now, and also the time to panic for Kansas state. Right. And and my conclusion was no, but if we have one more bad performance from Adrian Martinez, they should. And then also Oklahoma. Wow. They look so good. And, and this is what's going to be interesting to, to look at is kind of the, what do we think is going to happen? Each one of these games, tracking these teams, the conference does feel very wide open. I, I still think I still think five teams is where I'm on that can win it, but that's half the league. I still think Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State are the teams that I believe can win this league still. Um, you might say, well, you know, Texas Tech should be thrown in there, or West Virginia's bouncing back. We should put them in there, or TCU's 3-0. and We should put them in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still skeptical of those teams. I really am I'm skeptical. I'm not sure those teams are good enough to win this league. But what, what does it mean to be good enough to win this league? I think just some of the teams that I mentioned that top five can show some stuff that the other teams cannot show on a week to week basis. But look, Texas Longhorns, they're in trouble. Oklahoma, I mean, that OU Texas game coming up now has a ton of meeting. That second conference loss could be huge. It puts a ton of pressure on you. I mean, pressure's on now if you lose your conference opener, yeah. But that second loss coming in the first week of October, boy, does that put the pressure on. And so it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a league where I think a lot of us, the prognosticators about this league, and, uh, you know, we're going to be wrong a whole lot. Like, we are going to be wrong a lot about what happens because it feels like now it's going to be one of those week-to-week leagues. I actually think all of college football is like this. I think there are not as many great teams as there normally are in a season, right? I mean, Michigan State two weeks ago was a top 10 team, 
after two, uh, you know, after two games against Washington and Minnesota, they are now a seven point dog against Maryland, which is a crazy thing to think about. That's kind of where like all of college football is going, right? I mean, you've got Alabama, you've got Georgia. We obviously saw Alabama struggle with, you know, with Texas. So there was, there was that Clemson, uh, you know, they struggled with Wake. Obviously they had some injuries there in the back end too, but you know, Georgia Tech, that game, the, the final scoreline does not indicate how close that game was for a long time. And so, you know, those teams were even unsure. Ohio State, there was some unsureness. Now they've put, they've put it together. But you go past those teams and, like, really, you know, we talked about Oklahoma last week. Wow, you have to consider them one of the best four teams in the country. Then Michigan plays with its food against Maryland a little bit. A team in Maryland that's never done very well against those top-level, comp- upper-level competition, Right. So, you know, you, you see Georgia seeing the play with their food, Georgia play with their food, some too, trying to sort out who are true title contenders outside those guys. It's going to be difficult. It feels like you could play five through um, I'd say five through, you know, 30, if you just want to put to, to take the top 30 teams and you'd be hard pressed uh, depending on location. Like you'd be hard pressed to predict the outcomes with a fair amount of certainty because of how much, uh, these teams feel like they're pretty even, right? I mean, you know, AM loses that game to App State and then has ripped off a couple of really nice wins, but Arkansas looked like they should have been in control of that game and lost control of that game uh, to a, to an offense that's not very good. You have you throw the scoop and score in there, and things are going crazy. And and they're a top 10 team that looked like they were looking really good and then they weren't. And so is AM. They were a top 10 team, top 10 team that was looking really good and they weren't. Baylor was a top 10 team that fell and then has rebounded really nicely. Oklahoma looked like a top 10 team until they weren't. Oklahoma State at times has looked like a top 10 team on offense and at times on defense has looked really, uh, it's been hard pressed to to play as well on the defensive side of the ball. So you're seeing this variance, I think, across college football. I mean, even one more example, let's just go uh, one more example for you guys. I mean, USC this week, not a very impressive, Oregon State's a good team though, but I mean, that, that was not like a great, effort they put up against Oregon State. They got the win. They're plus 14 in turnover margin. But how sustainable is that for a whole season against once, you know, once you keep playing better competition? It's not. Stuff like that's not. Um, the ACC Coastal went one and six this week, and the one win was Pitt, who looked uh, – Pitt struggled for, for a good amount. You know, they were down to Rhode Island in the third quarter of that game. So, once again, and Pitt might be their best team. Variance. There's gonna be a lot of variance this year. Not sure how many great teams there are. Maybe the question is how many of these teams can round into good to great teams later on. But it's pretty clear that coming out of the gate, we've got our favorites. But even the favorites have all looked in some way, shape, or form vulnerable. Whether it be Ohio State, whether uh, you know against Notre Dame, whether it be Alabama against Texas, whether it be Georgia against Kent State. You know, maybe they're just forward playing with their food, whatever. There'd be Clemson in most of the game against Georgia Tech. And also, you know, they were trailing or tied with Wake for most of that game. I mean, for most of the second half of that game, at least. So get used to this, folks. Get used to it. It's going to be wacky. It's going to be wild. That's not to take away anything from all the teams that we're about to discuss, but it has to be mentioned about, you know, kind of the season we're in for right now. All right, let's go with Kansas State. I'm going to give you guys one takeaway. We're going to keep diving in later on as the week goes along. Kansas State 41 and Oklahoma 34. Um, what a difference a week wait, a week makes. Adrian Martinez wanted the ball when it mattered every single time it mattered. He was making plays 
all over the field. I'll tell you this. The passing was much improved. They weren't taking a ton of deep shots. But like we talked about, with that running game, it might you have to do something to spread the field around. And they they did. They did a good job moving the football. They could move it to the air. And apparently that's what it takes, actually, in this league for them. Like, it's not going to take them taking the deep shots. Maybe I was wrong about that. But their running game is so dynamic with Deuce and with Adrian Martinez that they just need to be able to move the ball functionally in a passing game so that rushing attack has space to breathe, right? It needs some space to breathe. If you don't make them respect the pass at all, you got a lot of talent in that backfield, and that offensive line can play really well. But with that being said, if if good teams can just load it up on you, then you're in some trouble. And I like the fact that we saw Adrian Martinez make a lot of plays. There's the one who's ranging to the sideline to his right, lofts the ball over the top, hit a ball that was tipped in the middle, end up being caught. He has that amazing, you know, the run where he uh, you know, kind of tables himself and gets into the end zone. Then we had obviously the third and 16 run that was an absolute uh, you know, just a dynamo of a play to watch. This this was Chris Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein or whoever else it was that helped turn the light on for him. Maybe it was just himself. I don't know. But I have to, I have to believe it was some. You know, there was some help was there there too. But whatever they did to adjust and to make the light switch on. They deserve so much credit. And look, their defense gave it up in this game. Their defense, um, they really let you know Oklahoma, Oklahoma move the ball on them very, very well. But the thing for Kansas State was they were able to take that early advantage in this game, 14 to nothing. They went 12 plays, 70 yards in the first drive, seven plays, 80 yards on the second drive. And, and the thing was, we talked about it, they cannot play from behind and they ensured that the entire game. They did not trail in this football game. They never put themselves in a spot where they were pressing. Yeah, it was kind of back and forth, but it felt like every single time we saw an Oklahoma score, you saw a Kansas State answer right after that, um, you know, or, or somewhat sometime in the near future. Or if they punted, the, uh, you know, uh, the Kansas State defense went out there and made the stop that they had to make. So once again, Oklahoma moved the ball on them, but Kansas State's defense would have an answer when it mattered most. Their offense had answers for it, you know, when, when it mattered the most, especially in that second half. You know, uh, they scored, uh, you know, basically to put that game away to make it 34-20 after that punt that Oklahoma had, the 33-yard drive they had. Uh, and then, you know, Kansas State goes on that eight-play, 80-yard touchdown drive to make it 34-20. Oklahoma responds pretty fast there with four minutes left, but then seven plays, 75 yards, Kansas State goes right down the field, and that third and 16 play we just talked about was huge. The numbers won't be overly impressive in the passing game, but 21 carries for 148 and four touchdowns, the long of 55. Adrian Martinez was the guy, and look, here's the thing. He wasn't the guy last week. He was nowhere near being the guy. He wasn't an impact player at all last week. And you can just this is this speaks to the importance of that quarterback position. It is the most important position in all of sports. You saw last week it was rudderless. It was uh, you know it, it lacked any kind of dynamic energy to it at all, or, or the play calling wasn't very dynamic either. And then this week, 
they get so much out of him and they go on the road and were able to control the game because of how well he played because he kept them in the defense in, in certain spots the defense kept them in spots where they were ahead maintaining that lead was important Oklahoma you know, got 550 yards of offense in this game they ran for six and a half yards a pop they threw it for eight and a half yards a pop they were moving that ball all over the field when they wanted to they committed 11 penalties for 87 yards. They lost the time of possession battle, and they were tied in the turnover battle. So controlling those things, the, the, the controlling the controllables, as they say, like that's that's what won Kansas State this game. And all of a sudden, they look like Big 12 title contenders with that effort because they beat the team that, in my, well, in Vegas opinion too, but in my opinion also was the Big 12 title favorite at that point. The big question now is, all right, what do you look like next week and the week after that? I'm not saying Adrian Martinez has to be dynamic every single week, but they're going to, I mean, Tulane's a really good football program. It's a good team. They almost beat OU last year. They had a really weird deal last year. They actually ended up not being very good. And they beat them this year. And, you know, like no discredit to them. The level of competition that you play on a week-to-week basis this league is really good. The, the entire Kansas State team as a whole, you know, once again, six players on first team all Big 12, is a really good football team, right? The big question was the quarterback. If Adrian Martinez plays well to average, average to good, I'll just say every single week, they're going to win a lot of football games and be a Big 12 title contender. But in the last two weeks, we've seen both sides of the coin. And, and here's the thing too, like Nebraska, they have a lot of one score losses. He just won them a top 10 against top 10 game on the road. He's got that in him. Does he have that kind of play? And, you know, once again, like not, it hasn't been that, it doesn't have to be four touchdowns on the ground, uh, you know, and, and one through the air. Like it doesn't have to be that. But can it be a, a commendable level of play each and every week? That's our big question with that. Texas Tech gets the upset 37 34. And this kind of gets to our the big point here both Kansas State and Texas Tech. Yikes, man, for OU and Texas, like, these schools, man, they love these pardon shots. They love being able to be it, – it's just a little bit better when you beat OU in Texas right now because of that situation happening. Uh, it, it feels good to watch it happen. You know, uh, regardless of whatever I pick, I, I want to see the future of the league be really good, and so I'm very glad when I see results like this one. Texas Tech, once again, 37-34 in overtime. Donovan Smith. For all of the, you know, the difficulties he had against NC State and at times in the game against Houston, this was a really strong effort. And here's the thing. We mentioned this before. I'll mention this one one more time. The Zach Kitley offense does ask a lot out of a quarterback. And I think the reason why he went with Tyler Shuck is because that's a guy who is very dependable. He's old. He's been around for a long time. And not to mention he's got a hose, a cannon for an arm. And with that experience, with that really good arm, it allows you to get that distribution that you want with that offense that we saw at Western Kentucky. We're seeing it now. Donovan Smith is an ultra-talented player who has a penchant for making mistakes, also a penchant for rallying at times. But you see in this game – the guy has the ability to control a game, 38 uh, completions out of 56 attempts for 331 and two touchdowns. And he also ran for a touchdown as well. They spread the ball out to a bunch of different guys in this game. And there was a point where this game looked like it was going to turn. 
uh, when Texas had a two score lead, they had two, two score leads in this game and Texas tech refused to go away. There is a belief that Joey McGuire has instilled in this team combined with the very good coaching. I think that we've seen so far from them that allows them now to be competitive. And I think this team can be competitive in every single game they play because they've been so battle tested. They have played NC state on the road. They have played Houston. Who's, you know, I know once again, they're up and down, but that's still a, what we thought was going to be a pretty good Houston team. And they rallied back and they won that game in overtime after making some mistakes. And now here they have beaten what I still believe can be a very good Texas team. And so it just shows you like this team's got a lot of quality. Now, once again, their schedule is absolutely brutal. So they played number 25 Houston at number 16 NC State, number 22 Texas, at number 25 Kansas State, at number nine uh, Oklahoma State is there as well. I mean, this is just a roller coaster ride. Then you get West Virginia at home, which is, I mean, kind of a break, right? Then you have Baylor at home, which is a huge game, at TCU and then Kansas. And so, I mean, they're basically on, on a run where like they're replaying really good teams every single week. I mean, they're, you know, West Virginia is like the only team right now left left on their schedule. Maybe TCU too. I mean, they, we'll get to them in a second. That like might not make a bowl, right? So they've got they've got I mean, they've got a murderer's row of escape. They've already had it. They'll continue to have it. Uh, but they're going to be there. They're going to be there in all these games. And I mentioned like it would be the year. Okay, could they rip off a really impressive five and seven? I think there's a good chance they rip off a really nice six and six, or even maybe a seven and five. Joey McGuire has done a great job. And the more I watch college football, guys, you know, I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this. Let me comment about this below. It's kind of my big question. I'm going to ask you guys a big question throughout these shows now we're doing it. I'm not sure what your thoughts are about coaches who call plays. I actually, I really think it's just, I want a coach who finds the right people to run what, you know, what he believes in. And I, I want him to call the plays. And it's, it's just, it's just all working for them right now. Like it's working for them on both sides of the, of the football. I know once again, like they have a lot, but that fumble, they forced in the end. It's a game. It's a game changing play in those shootouts. Okay. What happens? Make a play. And they didn't also to give them credit too. I, I know Hudson cards hurt, but when they, when push came to shove and it was late in those games and they okay down two scores and had to get stops, they did. And the defense put them in a position to win. Now, look, they might've given it up a little bit there in the end, the game tying field goal, but like they still did enough to help claw back into this game and win this football game. So Joey Juice and Donovan Smith, my two big thoughts on this. Let's keep rolling. Baylor 31, trying to take care of the pipes a little bit. Long weekend. You know, going to, you know, you guys know how it is. You know, you want to see, see the town, go to the games, yell and scream a little bit, a lot of fun. Uh, lost the voice on Baylor 31, Iowa State 24. We talked about the BYU game as a game where the Baylor Bears did not take many shots down the field. They took the shots here. I'll say it again from kind of refreshing the conversation I had the other day with you all. Baylor is a team that made the switch at quarterback to Blake Shapin because they wanted, they felt like he gave them better chance to win, especially in the passing game. He can make them more explosive. Well, if you neuter that some like they did in the BYU game, how effective is it really going to be? Not as effective. This game, they were taking shots downfield. Blake Shapin was hitting big plays downfield. Uh, you know, you're seeing big catches for 38 and 40 yards in this game. They were more willing 
to throw that rock further down the field. It felt like to move that ball further down the field and those big shots against what looked like at times a pretty, I mean, you saw the trick play they ran, right? Like a completely disorganized Iowa state defense at times. Um, once again, good play call for Jeff Grimes, but like that defense was kind of in shambles at certain points of this game. Also, you know, with that, so that there was that, there was how explosive they were and their defense got back to it. They forced two interceptions in this game, which were huge. They won that turnover battle. They committed five less penalties. They had the ball nearly for 10 more minutes, you know, so in stuff like uh, third down efficiency percentage wise, you know, can be even, or Iowa state was even better on third down. I know yardage is even, you know, in, in some senses too. Like when you do those things, also they stop, they clamp the run. I mean, they they were great against the run today. Only 2.4 yards per carry, or today, Saturday, 2.4 yards per carry for the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, that is where, you know, this team is dangerous. When they're stopping the run, when they're forcing turnovers, and when they're taking a few shots down the field, while it's an inexperienced group, uh, with a lot of those guys that they have about being, you know, top guys now on offense, right? Reese and uh, the wide receivers they have, Presley had a really, not, a really nice snag, uh, you know, in, in this game. When you've got guys like that who are not used to it yet, it is important for you know you to to make sure that you are executing the way this team can. That Baylor team, and I know I picked Baylor to lose this game. Uh, it got kind of a little dicey, but not really that bad. Um, this Baylor team that that looked like a Big 12 title contender on the road at Jack Trice, a place they hadn't won a lost in conference since 2019. That that was a great win. Kansas 35, Duke 27. So I'm going to retract what I said about well, not fully retracted, but like Jalen Daniels still developing as a passer. This this was his best passing game. This was a clinic in passing. They took advantage of a worse defense. He was threading the needle. And I actually thought, I want to say this, like I thought Mike, Mike Elko's group, I think he's a really good coach. I mean, he's done a great job. I, I, you know, I got to see him some Wake Forest. And I mean, this guy, just Wake Forest, Notre Dame, A&M, everywhere he goes, everybody has a lot of respect for the way that he, you know, he's done it and goes to Duke. And I think this team is punching above their weight class right now. This was, you know, this was a, ends up being a one score game and Duke made this interesting at times. Like this was, this was a one score game for like most of the game uh you know in, in this contest and so i think duke deserves a lot of credit for continually battle and getting this game back but the real thing is jalen daniels 19 for 23 324 and four touchdowns this was his best passing game i still think he's improving as a passer i still think there's more for him to grow and keep getting better but the way they use him and the way that they have effectively deployed him has i mean it's just it's it's a pleasure to watch the way they run their offense and how they distribute the ball. And he is an electric player to watch. I saw MGM Sportsbook now is the uh, their biggest liability, I believe. Is that Caesars or MGM? I saw somebody tweet it. Uh, is, is Jalen Daniels winning a Heisman? That's going to crush them because people are taking bets on it. So there's a $25,000 bet on Jalen Daniels to win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, the fact that, you know, that's not just a funny bet. Like, Look, it's going to take a lot for them to win. And the one thing we have to mention about like the Heisman odds, whatever, is that to win the Heisman, your team has to end up being really good, right? Like you need to win probably nine games at least to win the Heisman trophy, unless you're having a godly season that nobody has ever seen before. But they're, you know, I, and I don't know if they get the nine wins this year, but they're 4-0 and he has been 
absolutely electrifying to watch. Um, he is now completing 71% of his passes. Thanks to how efficient he was in that game. 11 touchdowns, one interception, 9.6 yards per completion. So, you know, he's hit bombs 73 yards. His, his quarterback rating is 188.2. He's rushed for 320 and four scores. He's averaging 8.4 yards per carry on the ground. He is right now the leader in the clubhouse to be your Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. He has been the best offensive player in this league. Now, granted, it's four games, but and they just played Duke, who we're not sure is very good, but he has got to be the leader in the clubhouse in that category. And once again, credit to Duke for making this thing close in the end, but Jalen Daniels has been great. Kansas, tough, t- I'll say this, really difficult for KU. If you guys go look at the AP poll, the number 25 team in the country right now is uh kansas state they just got number 25 the team that is the next team receiving the most votes is kansas kansas must be saying are you guys kidding me that's a great win we love you uh, you know kansas state we don't love you but you know stick it to our old friends here uh that are leaving the big 12 in oklahoma but damn it could you not do it to us where you guys jump us and we can't get ranked and so I think that's just like, it's so funny to me, but you look ahead, like they're three and a half point dogs at home against Iowa state. That all of a sudden is a really big game. Now, you know, it's uh and Matt Campbell being favored in games, obviously a big trend. And I'm actually kind of curious, just, do we see that regression from Iowa state that way we didn't talk about before, but um, you know, that's, that's, that game is fascinating to me. Iowa state three and a half point favorites next week at uh, KU. All right, quick word from our sponsors, then we'll get the rest of the games in here. Two more to cover, a couple rivalry games that we have not mentioned yet. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. Folks, you got to find the best possible candidates for your job. And if you want to do that, the only place to do it is LinkedIn. You go there today, you're able to post your job for free. That's right. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. So back to the action here, the iron skillet game. Got to give some props here to TCU. I have not been as, I was not very high on TCU coming to the year. I made the pick of SMU in this game. Uh, they ran the ball very effectively in the beginning. And then Max Duggan, the passing quarterback, has arrived. Uh, well, once again, they hit a lot of explosives in this game, but he was awesome. 22 for 29 for 278 and three scores. Kendra Miller was fantastic on the ground, as was Amari DiMercato. They did a lot of their rushing damage early, and they spread the ball around. Their defense did not look great, but you're going to give up a lot of points and a lot of yards. You have 476 in the points category. They did a good job against the run, though. But when you have games like that and we're scoring – what do you have to do? We talked about it with Tech. Uh, or I'm not sure we talked about Tech. The, obviously, well, they forced turnover in the end. That's what mentioned it. Yeah. You got to force turnovers. And off the two turnovers that SMU had, TCU immediately scored touchdowns. So if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be in a shootout like that, that is how games like TCU, SMU are won. You got to flip it around. When you get those turnovers, you have to score touchdowns. And they did each time, which I absolutely Love at the interception that we saw from TC from SMU the first one nine plays eighty one yards in three thirty four after the second interception six plays thirty seven yards and that and, and that first TC of the second uh, SMU interception came when they were driving to tie that game 
and uh, TCU made sure they could not made it a two score lead. So I have to say like TCU's offense, Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes passed and test with a guy they did not originally pick to be the quarterback. He's playing well right now. Do you ride the hot hand with, with Max Duggan or do you go back to Chandler Morris? That is the question now. And we'll see what his status is obviously moving forward. All right, let's get to the game that I was at on Thursday night. We'll spend a ton of time on this because this was so long ago, but I will definitely mention it for you all. Um, Jalen Daniels, or Jalen Daniels, JT Daniels, I, I know he wasn't like the star of this game, but man, was he just, I thought he was really impressed the way he managed the game in a hostile environment. Uh, the running game was fantastic. CJ, you know, they, they were hitting, I mean, they ran like, Basically three places. They ran in between the tackle and the guard, uh, a gap in the middle, and then they ran the, out, the tackle and guard the outside side. Like they ran some inside zone, they ran some outside zone, uh, and they they pushed Virginia Tech around up front. They forced late turnovers. Um, they got the stops that they needed. Big fourth down stop early in the game where Tech calls a timeout on fourth and one. Grant Wells tries to run it forward, and West Virginia was having none of it. Virginia Tech ran the ball 18 times for 35 yards. They had a 0% success rate, a 0% success rate in the first half running the football. Unbelievable stuff. And so while we've talked about West Virginia being on the brink uh, with, with Neil Brown, you crushed Towson, you beat a rival in Virginia Tech on the road, and you beat him pretty handily, 33-10 in the end. You on the road to Texas to get, I mean, their schedule is hard. Don't get me wrong. Especially these next three at Texas, Baylor at home at Texas tech. They've got a chance though. They've got a chance to turn this thing around and get themselves in a good position moving forward. I know six and six is not where you want to be, but the good news is if Neil Brown has to stick around for one more season, you'd rather be up than down. Right. And, and he's going to have an opportunity now. He's beat Virginia tech twice. Like, I would say those trying to think about any other big win. So beating Virginia tech twice, like those are two of his biggest wins, right? Um, you know, the tech was number 15 in the country last year. They beat TCU. They beat number 22, Iowa state. We know Iowa state was up and down. They beat Texas last year, but who didn't right? So like th those two tech wins that he has are two of his best wins as the head coach of West Virginia. And look, that could be a cat. It could be a launching point. Once again, uh, I felt like bowl game was not in their, not in their future, but I know Towson's easy team, but they're playing really good football right now. Then their last two games against Towson, Virginia tech combined um, 98 points scored 17 allowed. So they're playing really good defense right now in offense too. Uh, and also CJ, I mean, I feel bad because Tony Mathis fumbles that ball. I don't see him again. Johnson comes the backup comes in. And Donaldson's, I mean, he's, he's, he's RB1 now. Like, this dude's coming and just been an absolute tank. He has been fantastic to watch. Uh, so, West Virginia, back in. Like, I mean, another talk about how deep this league is, is, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, tap that bell for notifications. And let me know what you guys think about any of these games this weekend. It was an awesome weekend of Big 12 football. want to hear about your all's thoughts on these games. Make sure you guys leave comments below. All right, uh, that will do it, my friends. Till next time, as always, stay safe.